I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This is our Film Faves episode, a kind of a Thanksgiving themed uh, Film Faves episode. This is where we count down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic with the idea, hopefully, of not only giving you an ta- idea of our taste in film, but also exposing you to different titles. Uh, to that end of helping you see things maybe you haven't heard of or seen before, we will note if something on our list is available on a streaming subscription service. We focus primarily on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Max. <laughs> I think that's all. I think you got it. Yeah. So um, most of the time, though, movies are available to rent on Amazon. But if it's on a streaming service like those, we will mention it for your benefit. So as I mentioned, this is kind of a Thanksgiving-themed episode in the sense that what is Thanksgiving about but being with family? Yes, and my parents are going to be visiting. It'll be their first Thanksgiving. So we decided that it would be a great time to do a list around the theme of our family's favorite movies. Yes, it's... it's uh, it's our favorites from the favorites of our families essentially when we were growing up so what movies did we grow up with that our families loved that were our favorites it's a very complicated title so we're just you know titling it as you see (laughs) on the podcast but it is our favorites of those yeah and i kind of went about making this list with you know what made my family laugh Mm. and laughter in south africa is definitely a way to relieve stress and i know that's the case here too but i don't know south africans act like that's their idea and it was always their idea well maybe things are more historically stressful over there well yeah i think and laughter is more necessary yes and i also took into account what movies keep my parents awake the whole way through. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. were the factors. And as with regards to how I listed them, I went with this idea of what do we quote the most to each other? Mm-hmm. And uh, basically the top four quoted the most among us. Mm. So for me, it was purely what were the movies that I could recall were most enjoyed by members of the family particularly parents that we would watch together and stuff. And, and so as such, this is as with any film phase list, more or less, this is not about quality per se. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, what was it that, that we enjoyed together. And for my part, you'll, you'll see that a lot of my list makes up of movies from the eighties, uh, especially the mid to late eighties. And also, this is probably the most populous list I've had in a while that are available to stream on the subscription services I mentioned before. So that will be nice. So you'll actually be able to see most of these movies that are on my list. Mm -hmm. Uh, One other thing for me, 
is I took into account, as always, were there any movies that are a part of my 12 favorite movies of all time? I was upset about that. <laughs> so for me, for my part, my absolute favorites, I ha- I did actually leave off. I don't, I don't normally. They weren't in the episode, but I just included them as being shelved because they were in my edited favorites of all time on the article on the blog. So Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, I believe, were definite favorites of my family when I was growing up. And they're... Among my most favorite movies of all time. So I, I, I did not include them on this list. But you can be sure that whatever I do have as number one is definitely second, third to those movies. Yeah, same with me. Was it the same movies? Oh, I highly doubt it. What, what movie did you have to shelve from your 12 favorite movies? Are we sharing that now? That I was, yes. For me, it was Terminator 2 and Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had that Ghostbusters in, in common then. All right, was there anything else that you want to share about the whole concept of the list before you you dive in? Sure. Um, it definitely pertains to my number 12, uh, just because, you know, it's my tastes have changed over the years, and this is really like... It's really about family, watching it with family. Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to share. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Absolutely. So what is your 12th favorite of your family's favorite movies? My 12th favorite is Bad Boys 2 from 2003. Mm. Two loose cannon narcotic cops <laughs> investigate the flow of ecstasy into Florida from Cuban drug cartel. <laughs> It's kind of a funny description. The flow of ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gotta keep I'm, that ecstasy flowing. I'm enjoying that description, actually. <laughs> uh, this stars Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Gabriella Union is in it. And then one of my yeah. favorites is the uh, chief, uh, the captain, I'm sorry, Joe Pantaleone. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm sad or going through something and my brother can hear that I'm a little down, what he'll do is he will play beat for beat. He will reenact the scene scenes whenever the captain is freaking out at Martin Lawrence and Will Smith's characters who are costing the city so much money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, my brother will go ahead and, and he'll reenact that. And it's just, he's very good at it. I think my brother should have been a voice actor, but that's just me. And that's what it's related to, right? There's all these bizarre moments. I mean, the opening, the first five minutes, we see the Ku Klux Klan meeting and Martin Lawrence and Will Smith totally bust up the meeting and it's just man i didn't remember that crazy bizarre scene and and it's very thrilling as well so i i enjoy this movie i but i mostly enjoy watching it with my brother and then my you know it keeps my dad awake all right on my number 12 is from 1986 it is a film directed by, I believe his name is Russell Mulcahy. He was a music video director, which uh, could go either way. <laughs> and by uh, most accounts, it went the wrong way. 
he also would go on to direct The Shadow and episodes of the, I think it was MTV that had a show called Teen Wolf not that long ago. Mm. He, he directed a lot of those shows. He also directed, like, what was it? The, the Mummy, gosh, what was it called? Scorpion King 2. <laughs> the directed video sequel of the Scorpion King and Resident <laughs> Evil Extinction. The movie that made my list of his is from 1986. It is Highlander. Uh, available on HBO Max and Amazon Prime. It's been a while since I've had a movie available on two streaming services. This film stars Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Clancy Brown, and Roxanne Hart. It is about a guy who discovers he is immortal. He's a Scottish swordsman, and he discovers he is immortal, and it's all about this kind of underground culture of immortals, and it had a kick-ass soundtrack by Queen, which is my favorite band of all time, partially because of having grown up with a movie like Highlander. It was a movie that my brother loved. I was like maybe not even six when mm. it came out. And it just kind of became part of our household culture. I don't, I haven't seen the sequels in a long time, but I definitely don't rec- uh, recommend Russell McCahey's Highlander 2 The Quickening. No <laughs> Highlander fan likes that film what at all. Earth? It really messed with the, uh, what do you call? The uh, mythology, like a, but... It sounds like a flesh-eating virus movie. The Quickening? Yeah, I don't know. It makes sense when you see the first movie, what it's in reference to, but that movie's dog shit. But I love Highlander. I love Highlander and its concept, and it's my 12th favorite movie. Uh, that was my family's favorites. So, Shanna? My number 11 is Roger Rabbit, available on Disney+. Plus. Wow, <laughs> I'm surprised it's so low on your list. Well, I... Remember, I'm going about this list with what is quoted most among okay. the family members. All right, different is take. Is kind of the take different I'm, take. All I'm right. doing here. A toon-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence where he, when he is accused of murder. I absolutely adore this movie. This was one of the movies that would come out if we had something difficult to do and we wanted to multitask. Our Christmas tree, Christmas setup, it just in the living room is quite an intense process. And so what my brother and I would do is we would, you know, have the TV going and we'd this would be one of the, the, the movies on the pile would be Roger Rabbit. And Roger Rabbit was marketed as a Christmas movie growing up because South Africa. There you go. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what we quote the most to each other is when we're talking just like this. And ah. so it's a lot of fun and we we rather enjoy that movie. My 11th favorite is also from 1986, coincidentally. It's from John Banhub, who had directed Saturday Night Fever and War Games. He would go on to direct Stakeout and a number of other action-driven films, kind of on the like mid-tier level action uh, films. This one was not an action film that he directed. It was Short Circuit, which starred Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, and Fisher Stevens, and Austin Pendleton. Oh, and G.W. Bailey, who I know you love, mm-hmm. 
with an appearance by I do love him. Brian McNamara. You know, this is one of those movies that's quintessentially 80s. It's got the 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 guys who always play the nice guys, the guys who always play the jerks or the blowhards. <laughs> you know, it's got the, the, those all in them. The guys who's always playing a pushover. It, it, it literally has those people in this movie, you know? And if you're not familiar, it is about a robot who was one of a group of experimental robots in a lab. This particular one is electrocuted, suddenly becomes intelligent and escapes. And it's, you know, about whether or not, you know, it has its own rights to live or or what have you. And it's just kind of a fun little uh, somewhat sci-fi comedy uh, set in in Oregon, I believe. And uh, I've always loved... Short Circuit, loved it. I thought the sequel was a little disturbing. I, I didn't like the sequel as much, but uh, loved the first one, Short Circuit. Uh, available on Hulu. Wonderful. My next one is Star Wars Return of the Jedi on Disney uh, from 1983. Uh, really? Oh, okay. I figured it was the best one to go for. I was going to double check with my brother. Hey, which one was it that we watched over and over again? But honestly, you know, he was maybe five or six, somewhere around there, when yeah. the gold VHS trilogy came out. Right, the special edition. Yeah, and yeah. so... And that was your first exposure to it. That was my first it, exposure. Which is nuts. Now it's everyone's only exposure to it because you can't see the original cut on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And my brother would just play four, five, six. Nice. Four, five, six. Noise. Four, five, six. And it would go over and over and over again. And I wanted to check in with him and ask him what was what would be his pick between those three. But, you know, time zones, it's a little crazy. Uh, after a daring mission to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt, the rebels dispatched to Endor to destroy the second Death Star. Uh, you know, it's Star Wars. We quote a lot to each other. And it, mm-hmm. it, does, it kind of merges all together eventually. So... Yeah, this is one of those really great ones. I think if my brother hadn't said, hey, come watch these movies with me, I would not be the geek I am today. Wow. Well, interesting. You went with uh, my favorite movie of all time, Return of the Jedi, instead of the original New Hope. But that's very cool. My number 10, I, I swear this is not intentional. It is also from 1986. Apparently 1986 was a big year for me and our family because <laughs> uh, it's not the only it's not the last movie on my list from 1986 i'll tell you that it's available on hbo max this film it is a film that is directed by sydney j fury a name that most people probably would not recognize but he is the guy who directed such films as the Neil Diamond Jazz Scener remake, Superman for the Quest for Peace, the Rodney Dangerfield film Ladybugs, and sequels to this pick, Iron Eagle. Now, Iron Eagle, not only is it a film that stars Jason Gedrick and Louis Gossett Jr., and uh, David Suchet, who's most famous for playing Poirot, I believe, is about a young pilot who plans a rescue mission on his own 
when his his father, who is an Air Force colonel, is shot down over enemy territory and captured. This movie is, is, is definitely of the time, is definitely slightly xenophobic toward Middle Easterns. Uh, it gets very vague about where in the Middle East, but it's very clear that it's in the Middle East. But this was a family favorite for sure, and I enjoyed it, and it had a really cool soundtrack that we had on vinyl, also including songs by Queen, but um, but many others like Dio and a bunch of other bands you probably never heard of before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's I, I've always really enjoyed this. This guy, this teenager, in order to get in, like his motivation, his mojo on to be an excellent pilot, he's he's got his Walkman on. He's got to turn it on and crank up the tunes. And um, <laughs> it's it's very eighties, but uh, I always loved it. It's Iron Eagle on HBO Max. Awesome. Uh, I think a little xenophobic probably means it's xenophobic. <laughs> but <laughs> if we have to mention it's a little, it probably is. Yeah. Just it just is. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you have another Iron movie on your I do, list. actually. We go from Eagle to... Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah, so that's our num- that's my number nine. Uh, the Iron Giant is from 1999. It's directed by Brad Bird. It had a few wonderful voice actors in there, including Jennifer Aniston as the mom. Mm-hmm. A young boy befriend and Vin Diesel as the giant. A young boy befriends a giant robot from outer space that a paranoid government agent wants to destroy rather than ask questions first. Mm-hmm. So this is a great film. It's I think it's happening in the 50s, right? In the 50s? Uh, see the 50s or 60s? Uh, no, it's Cold War era, so I believe it's early 60s. Oh, okay. We just saw it. I'm, the thing with IMDb when I'm looking up things is it's got the trailer looping right there, and we just saw a newspaper. But anyway, I'll move on. This was, you know, this was a really surprising film it was great i don't think a lot of people knew about it certainly in my town people Mm. didn't know about it and something that we really loved about this film was how unique it was and particularly the scene with the coffee when the child drinks the espresso and can't stop talking and you know our our mom was pretty stressed the day we watched this Mm -hmm. and we called her in to see this coffee scene and she couldn't stop laughing and that's you know that's a big memory for me. And so we would watch Iron Giant fairly often. Run right on. Mine is not from 1986. It is from 1987. Oh. <laughs> it is a comedy directed by Michael Gottlieb, who had a very short career that after directing this film, I think his directorial debut, he directed Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan oh, wow. and a kid in King Arthur's Court for, I believe that was a Disney movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he did not direct anything after. <laughs> but this this movie of his, it was a comedy, it was a rom-com in a way, it was a family favorite. Saw it many, many times. It is Mannequin, which stars Kim Cattrall and Andrew McCarthy, Estelle Getty, James Spader, G.W. Bailey again. I love G.W. Bailey. <laughs> and Steve Vinovich. Oh, and Meshach Taylor. We can't forget Meshach Taylor. Uh, this is a movie about an Egyptian princess who gets... How do I? I don't know how to explain that. I'll yeah, explain it on the other end of it. A young artist searching for his vocation, trying to figure out what he loves to do, makes a mannequin so perfect he falls in love with it. 
finding the mannequin in a store window. He gets a job there, and then she comes to life. It turns out she's actually an Egyptian princess, and it's kind of... I'm not even going to try to explain how that happens. You have to just watch the movie. Mm-hmm. It is one of those 80s movies with an animated opening title sequence, which yes. I love. You know, there's a lot of movies that had that. And I don't know. Did We did opening title sequences, not pre-title sequences. And I don't think... I think we might have talked about that and, and some other examples when we did when we covered that subject. Uh, but this was definitely one that I thought of back then because it's kind of fun and silly and also kind of gives you an idea of what happened with this Egyptian princess over time. Anyway, Kim Cattrall, as in my opinion, never been sexier than in this first film. I, I always thought it was a fun film and, and, and uh, delightful. That is Mannequin from 1987. Do not watch the 1991 sequel, Mannequin 2 on the Move. Do not do it. Do not do it. From 1992, my next one is Lethal Weapon 3. Martin mm. Riggs and Roger Murtaugh pursue a former LAPD officer who uses his knowledge of police procedure and policies to steal and sell confiscated guns and ammunition to local street gangs. This is a really great film. There's a lot going on in here. Uh, and it's it's also got fun moments too. And this is, you know, one of those films where my parents, you know, they'd stay awake for that. And we're constantly saying, okay, 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 like Joe Pesci. So that is why it's on my list. You know, I thought about a Lethal Weapon movie, but I couldn't quite pinpoint or remember which one of them would Mm. be. It would be one of the first three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three is one of my favorite movies of all time. We have that in common. But I wasn't sure if that one counted as a family favorite or not. But I know the franchise was, for sure. So we would always watch Lethal Weapon 3. And then eventually we got Lethal Weapon 2 and then heard what South Africans sound like. (laughs) And then we were horrified. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's it depends where you're from and it depends which language was your home language that determines what your accent is going to be like. And well, uh, I mean, was the actor South African in that movie? I don't remember. I don't mm-hmm. remember off the top of that my head. also can be a yeah, factor. That's a factor, too. That's fair. So I, I made the even though we quote from all three as in two, three, four, oh. we quote from all of them. Coming in strong with diplomatic immunity is not really like, <laughs> how often do you get to say it, really? Right, so. right, right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, my next film is also from 1987 here. I swear I'm not slowly marching forward in time or anything like that. I distinctly remember when this one being a favorite. I had it on VHS, the actual VHS copy of this film. It is Touchstone Pictures Adventures in Babysitting, available on Disney Plus. As you can imagine, it stars Elizabeth Shue, uh, Maya Bruton, Keith Coogan, Anthony Rapp, and Vincent D'Onofrio and, and Penelope Ann Miller. George Newbern is also in there. Directed by Chris Columbus, who went on to do pretty well himself, about a babysitter, uh, a teenager essentially, who, who whose date plans get canceled. She gets stuck having to babysit a couple of uh, kids, and then she ends up trying to take them to the city to help a friend in trouble, 
and that's where the adventures begin. The city in question being Chicago. This is probably my favorite Elizabeth Shue movie and my favorite Elizabeth Shue performance. And it's uh, it's it's uh, got one of the funnest opening title sequences too, because as the credits are rolling. You have Then He Kissed Me by, I think it's the Crystals, if I'm not mistaken, and Elizabeth Shue lip-syncing and, and, and dancing to that song in her bedroom, and it's really fun and delightful, as is the rest of the movie. Adventures in Babysitting from 1987 on Disney+, was a family favorite of mine. Mm, that's a good pick. I only got exposed to that a few years ago with you. So. Really? Wow. So funny. Uh, my number seven is available on Disney+. Plus. It is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that one's also not higher on the list for it's you. It's all about the quoting. <laughs> so <laughs> this one's from 1990, uh, birth year for my brother. And we got to – this is one of the, the DVDs we would grab. Mm. Uh, to do the the Christmas decor, and sometimes we would grab it when it was time to pack Christmas away too. It just depended, or we would grab Home Alone too to kind of end cap uh, the decoration, you know, packing. And although we don't quote this one that much to each other, it is one that we talk about a lot to each other. My mm. brother bought the Home Alone Lego house. And I bought the Home Alone Lego house. <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot of, you know, things. We have a strong connection to this film. It's one of my favorite scores. It's this is one of those films that made us think this is exactly what America's like. But really, it's exactly what Chicago's like, <laughs> weather wise. Oh, yeah, because so, it probably was set in Illinois. Hey, yeah, mm. yeah. Because it was written by John Hughes. Yes. For those who don't know. And so we just always thought that, oh, this is what all the houses look like. This is what, mm -hmm. you know, everybody in America will get snow, which is not obviously the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As you can see in Lethal Weapon 3? The one that's one? set in Christmas? No, it's number one. One, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm rolling right along here. My number seven is a film going back in time to 1986 once again directed by herbert ross herbert ross was a director who did such films like goodbye mr chips funny lady the goodbye girl and another pick from my list later on you'll hear about he also did steel magnolias my blue heaven and boys on the side he ended his career in the mid 90s my pick, however, is The Secret of My Success, starring Michael J. Fox, Helen Slater, Richard Jordan, Margaret Witten, John Pankow, and others. Uh, Fred Gwynn even makes an appearance. This is a very 80s movie. It is about a, a young man from the country trying to get into the to big city he can't get an executive position without rising through the ranks, so he comes with, up with a shortcut, living a double life. His uncle is the CEO of the corporation. His uncle sends him to the mailroom, and he comes up with a different persona as some corporate bigwig, and he has to try to avoid 
being seen by his uncle while leading this double life. <laughs> it also has a romance in there. Uh, it's a it's it's a fun, funny movie. Very much '80s though, and it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Michael J. Fox movie uh, in his his leading performances. And it's it's one that always misses my lists, and I, I had to get it in here. Uh, and so I did. Secret of My Success from 1986. All right, Shannon, we're at the halfway point. What's your sixth favorite of your family's <laughs> favorite movies? All right, it's from, it's on HBO. It's from 2008. It's Rock and Roller. Wow, that one's higher than the others. You guys, you guys quote this movie more? All the time. When a Russian mobster orchestrates a crooked land deal, millions of dollars are up for grabs, drawing in the entire London underworld into a feeding frenzy at a time when the old criminal regime is being taken over by the new one. We quote this to each other all the time. The way that the character refers to his father in this film is Daddy. And so we would do that with my dad. Uh, occasionally just to get some laughs and there's a famous Archie slap where someone gets slapped across the face with this big wind up from the hand Mm -hmm. and we mention that all the time and uh, you shouldn't have wasted your money on all those schools daddy because (laughs) we went to private school you know your parents try to do the best that they can and honestly Jared ended up being a baker. I ended up being a photographer. We really didn't need to go to private school. We could have. We would have mm. been just fine with government school. Mm. Um, and so we always, you know, <laughs> as a way to kind of ease the burden of putting a lot of money into your kids, we we kind of joke about it. <laughs> He'll often say, "Yep, you're right. We shouldn't have done that." <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. We the you know the movie's pretty crazy. It's by Guy Ritchie. It's got Jared Butler. It's got Tandy Newton and a whole bunch of other awesome stars, but we enjoy that film and often my dad is pretty excited to watch it when we say it's time to watch it. My sixth favorite of my family's favorites is a film from the director of If Looks Could Kill, Angels in the Outfield, and Wild America. It is 1987's Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yay. Starring John Lithgow, Melinda Dillon, and Kevin Peter Hall, who did a lot of costume work. David Suchet, again, Lainey Kazan, Don Amici, and M. Emmett Walsh. What a cast for essentially a family comedy. The Hendersons live in Seattle. They adopt a Sasquatch, but have a hard time trying to keep the legend of Bigfoot, a secret. This is one of my favorite John Lithgow films and performances. Melinda Dillon feels like one of those staple actresses of the 80s. You saw her a lot back then and a little bit in the 70s too. And this is a movie that, that yeah, it has some antics, but it has a lot of heart to it and it might even make you cry a little towards the end. Uh, and it's just... Very 80s, but but I uh, but it was a definitely a favorite in my family. That is Harry and the Hendersons from 1987. What do you got next, Shanna? 
My next one is from 1959. This is something that we, you know, would watch over and over and over again uh, from about age two for my brother uh, all the way up to like age five. It was always on. And he would run out, run in and out of the bedroom for different parts of the film. Mm. Sleeping Beauty, available on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Uh, he would call it Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> and then Autocorrect wanted it to be Sleep In Beauty. So <laughs> uh, this is something that we quote to each other. You know, everybody knows this story as after being snubbed by the royal family, a malevolent fairy places a curse on the princess, which only a prince can break. Wonderful. Along with the help of three good fairies. Right. Uh, Maleficent is one of, I think she's one of the greatest villains. I, I am quite fond of her. One of my favorite moments in this film is we search the forests, the mountains, and every cradle. And Maleficent had said, we've been searching for 16 years and not a trace of her. And that's when the goblins decide to share with her. Right. Therefore, the 16 years, they've been looking in cradles. Right. And uh, now my brother and I didn't understand that when we were super young. And so I think when it, it must have been when it came out on DVD, we watched it again. And all of a sudden, my mother heard this raucous laughter coming from my bedroom. And she came over and she said, what the hell are you two laughing about? (laughs) And we shared with her that we finally understood what the hell they were talking about and that we couldn't stop laughing. I mean, we were crying. We were laughing so hard. And this is like for me, age 16. So my brother was 13. And, you know, my my mother was just... (laughs) I think it was one of those moments where you realize your children aren't as intelligent as you think hope they would be Mm, mm. so uh really fun film we'd watch it all the time my number five is uh from 1975 i think it might be the only 70s movie yes only 70s movie on this list it is monty python and the holy grail available on netflix my favorite of the monty python films i think it's i I think it's actually the best film but some people prefer life of brian this was one where it was like definitely a favorite of certain members of the household not the entire family and it just kind of kind of like highlander it just kind of became part of the family culture as a result of that i remember my brother in particular being gifted the VHS of this and mm. it just being one that he was so tickled by like just like just like wait until you see this kind of thing you know and it is a ridiculous hilarious brilliant comedy from the Monty Python comedy troupe and it has everyone that you would expect from that directed by Terry Gilliam if I remember correctly and so you, you you have Eric Idle in it, and and who who's your favorite from Monty Python? John Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah, from Faulty Towers. Right, right. <laughs> and so many others, and it's 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 basically lampooning the idea of Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and their quest for the Holy Grail. It just does it in a variety of different ways. That's just ridiculous and hilarious. It's still funny to this day. Now, uh, that is Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975 available on Netflix. 
My next one, my number four, is quoted a lot. It is My Big Fat Greek Wedding from 2002, Mm. available on HBO. Oh, my gosh. A young Greek woman falls in love with a non-Greek man Mm -hmm. and struggles to get her family to accept him while she comes to terms with her heritage and uh, cultural identity. This film is great and i love it i remember watching uh you know what was roger ebert's show with his friend the movies with uh, basically it's referred to as cisco and ebert yeah so we had something like that but it was just one person in south africa that Mm -hmm. would come on every sunday night and he totally bashed this film and i thought very highly of him but i had watched my big fat greek wedding first and just absolutely fell in love with it and then that was when like oh i don't i guess i'm not listening to all the adults anymore (laughs) Mm. and their movie opinions Mm. this film was so wonderful we quoted to each other all the time something that my parents couldn't wait to see in america when they came over for the first time was so where's the windex (laughs) because that's not a product that was in south africa i think it goes there now but they wanted to see the windex because of course in this film you know the dad is always like just you know, spray some Windex on it. Right. We also quote, what do you mean? He doesn't eat no meat. Um, yes, and you why, do. Yes, you why do. do you want to leave me? Yep. <laughs> is something that gets quoted all the time. And my parents are always really happy to see this film. And honestly, when you and I watch it, I smile the whole way through the thing. So it's a wonderful film. My Big Fat Greet Wedding on HBO. My fourth favorite of my family's favorite movies is a movie that I can't believe was not included in my 100 ma- favorite movies of all time. It is a film directed by Herbert Ross, who directed, I believe it was, The Secret of My Success previously on my list. 1984's Footloose, starring Sarah Jessica Parker, Chris Penn, Diane Weiss, John Lithgow, Laurie Siener, and, of course, Kevin Bacon. I have talked about this movie a few times on the podcast about a teenager from the big city moving to a small town where rock music and dancing have been banned and his spirit shakes up the populace. Uh, you know, it's, it's a movie that I remember, I remember it coming out on video, not in 1984, but four years later. And I remember, you know, when I was growing up, we would rent movies almost every single weekend. And my mom told me, I remember being around eight, said, oh, guess what I got for us to watch? And I was like, uh, the most anticipated movie at that time for me was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And I was like, is it Roger Rabbit? I was so excited. (laughs) Hadn't seen the movie yet, you know? And she's like, no, it's it's, 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 no, it's, it's called Footloose. And it, it's it's about dancing and stuff. And I, I can't, you cannot imagine how disappointing that was for <laughs> an eight-year-old who is expecting a movie with a bunch of cartoon characters. Yeah. You an know? opportunity to like kind of recognize. It's like a game, right? To see who Partially, all you're seeing. And- right. And, and, and for it to be this movie I never even heard of. Yeah. You know, but it ended up being one of my favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love it. Good job, Penny. <laughs> Footloose, 1984. My number three is Uncle Buck 
from 1989. Mm. Bachelor and all-round slob, Buck babysits his brother's rebellious teenage daughter and her cute younger brother and sister. This is also one of the films we would pull out around Christmas time and we would all watch it together and it was very uh, I think this is one of those films where my mom and dad were you know as we were getting older they were just very okay we're watching this now we're waiting for you and they would just be you know most of the time they were fairly relaxed about what time we would start a film but this is one that they would be like anticipating Mm. Uh, I absolutely love John Candy this is my favorite John Candy role um, we, you know, we quote things to each other all the time, like when our mother figure isn't home or go downtown and have a rat and you finish the rest of that sentence. It's just, it's lovely how uh, Uncle Buck kind of comes in and he's this advocate, this in-between advocate for the kids in different ways, whether it's making sure that Macaulay Culkin's uh, character, his birthday goes well. Mm. Or if it's going to the the youngest daughter, Gabby Hoffman's character, making sure that, you know, the principal is actually treating her like a child, not mm-hmm. not some weird backward way of treating her. And then Jean Louisa Kelly's character, it's really fun how um, John Candy kind of goes to the, the extreme with that where, you know, he has to go off. After her, when she sneaks out for a party, and uh, it's great that he's there for her, and she embraces him, and it's just really wonderful story about how sometimes you can have a good uncle, and Uncle Buck is the one you want. <laughs> awesome. My third is another movie that I can't believe was not included among my hundred favorite movies of all time. It was definitely a movie that I remember making my mom laugh quite a bit, and and, and my dad too. It's just it's just hilarious. One laugh, one laugh after another, kind of thing. Directed by Jeremiah Chechik, the guy who would go on to direct. This is his directorial debut. He would direct Benny and June, Tall Tale, Diabolique. And the unfortunate Avengers movie from 1998 adapting a British TV show. That ended his film career, but he has directed a bunch of TV since then, such as Burn Notice and Chuck. The film that was his directorial debut, one of my favorites, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Available on HBO Max from 1989. I think it's, I think it's the best national. I know a lot of people disagree with this, but I think it's the best National Lampoon and best Griswold movie and the funniest. Well, and that's become a favorite for you and me too during Christmas. Absolutely, written by John Hughes, by the way. I think that has a lot to do with it. Starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, Doris Roberts, Randy Quaid. With that cast, and even I think the voice of Betty Boop, May Quistel. Oh yes. Yeah, you're right. And you got uh, parents by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, this is a can't-lose cast making a can't-lose hilarious Christmas perennial. Uh, it's it's just absolutely 
I think we did Christmas favorites and I go back and forth between this one and a Christmas story in terms of my absolute Christmas favorite movie or favorite Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great. So yeah. And it was, it was definitely a favorite of the families. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation available on HBO Max. Ah, so we're on to number two. Mm-hmm. It is Rat Race from 2001. Mm. I just love this film. A Las Vegas casino magnet determined to find a new avenue for wagering sets up a race for money. This is the film that makes my dad laugh a lot. And we found out later it's because of what this movie was based on originally. It's what is that one called? It's very similar to the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah. And so it turns out that, you know, my dad grew up with being one of the only houses on the block that had uh, a movie projector. Mm. And the kids would come over and every Friday it was, you know, movie at the Paxton's. And often the movie that would play was It's a Mad, Mad World. And Mm. my grandpa actually looks a little like Spencer Tracy. And I wonder if, you know... Mm. He was inspired by Spencer Tracy and kind of just adapted that look. Mm. Um, so Who I, stars in that film. Yes. Yeah. And this has got John Cleese, Rowan Atkinson. It's got a whole bunch of people. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes. Was Seth Green in that one Seth too? Green is in this one. Amy Smart. We, we don't really see that much anymore. No. Uh, Whippy Goldberg is in it. Mm. Gloria Allred, if you're looking for something fun. And uh, John Love, John Lovitz, Lovitz mm-hmm. is in it, and uh, I, we're just we quote this to each other all the time. Just shut up and get it done. And I'm winning. I'm winning. It's a race. And so we have a lot of fun with this film, and it always makes me happy, even though it's not as good as other films. It still holds like a really lovely place in my heart. Lovely. My second favorite of my family's favorites actually is in my 100 favorite movies of all time and going back to 1986 for I promise the last time. It is a John Carpenter film starring Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn, James Hahn, Victor Wong. It is Big Trouble in Little China. It is about a truck driver who gets swept up in an ancient uh, sorcery battle underneath San Francisco's Chinatown. It's I've talked about this a few times on the podcast. Uh, it, it was definitely a favorite. It was definitely a favorite of the families. It was it was funny. It was kooky. It was creative. It was a little weird. It, it's it's a lot of fun ultimately it's just an absolute blast and it's a cult favorite that's inspired a lot of merchandise even to this day there's even a card game about based on on this movie still so uh, it's it's a it's a great one I, I i hope they never actually remake it as they have threatened to do over the years but i love it John Carpenter's Big Trouble Little China from 1986 is my second favorite of my family's favorites. All right, we're up to number one. Yes, yes, yes. I have no idea what it could be. Oh, you don't? Well, you kind of knocked out every single guess I would have possibly made. I'm just going to hide my laptop here. Okay. Are you going to take a guess? I I, I literally, I mean, it can't be Ghostbusters. No, it's not allowed. 
Right. Ghostbusters <laughs> is among your 12 favorite movies of all time, so I do not know. It's Parenthood. Oh, yeah. duh. Parenthood from yeah. 1989, starring all the amazing people. Uh, it's about three siblings and how they're raising their children, the different styles, the different you know, ways that they're living and, you know, all the good and the bad that's, you know, goes with raising families. And it's directed by Ron Howard. Mm. It stars Steve Martin, Mary Steenburgen, Diane Weist, Jason Roberts, Rick Moranis, Tom Hulse, Martha Pimpton, Keanu Reeves even, mm-hmm. uh, Haley Jane Kozak, Dennis Dunk. Dennis Dugan, Joaquin Phoenix as well. It's there's just there's so many people in this film. Mm-hmm. And I just I just I love all of them. I love this film so much. It 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 gets better as you get older because the more life experience that you get, the more it makes sense. So it's this great entertaining movie to watch. But then as you get older, it just holds so much more meaning and so much more that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I, I love everyone's performances. I love the characters. I love the grandma's moment of saying, you know, it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> One minute you're up, the next minute you're down. It's exciting. It's scary. And that's really what life is like, especially parenting. And I, you know, we quote each other all the time with, we quote this to each other all the time. Anytime that we don't hear from my brother or he doesn't, you know, jump on the video group call, my my father will say, he was a moody son of a bitch, which is something that the father says all the time. And this is one of those movies where it's not a crappy movie. It's not, I don't know, it's not weird. It's it's not just comedy it's not just action mm-hmm. it can make you cry it can make you happy mm-hmm. and this is one that my parents don't fall asleep to so it's mm-hmm. kind of this nice middle ground movie yeah no it's a, it's a great dramedy and inspired an even better series that i actually loved i was skeptical of when it came out but uh yeah no I, that's i, I i'm actually I, I remember being surprised that that was a family favorite of of yours in the first place, because uh, at the time, n- not really anyone talked about that movie much. So that that's very cool for me. Now, remember, this isn't exactly my favorite of my family's favorites because, you know, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. But it, it does land at number one on this list. It is a movie that my brother and my father particularly bonded over because... My brother was old enough at the time. I think he was 15. So he was getting into Tom Clancy novels and those kinds of things. It is The Hunt for Red October from 1990. Now, here's the thing. I can hear the score in my head right now. It's a great score. It's a great score. But listen to this cast instead. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin... Scott Glenn, Sam Neill, James Earl Jones, Joss Ackland, who played the villain in Lethal Weapon 2, Richard Jordan, Peter Firth, Tim Curry, Courtney B. Vance, Stellan Skarsgård, Jeffrey Jones, and Fred Thompson and Daniel Davis. Now, I had a handful of movies on this list with stellar casts, and this is no exception and it is a great film, directed by John McTiernan, one of my favorite directors of all time. A great script adaptation by Larry Ferguson. 
It is a brilliant film set in 1984 when a decorated submarine uh, captain all of a sudden goes rogue and takes his crew with the submarine out off of expected course and nobody knows what he's planning on doing as his submarine seems to be heading towards American coast line. Mm-hmm. Is he was he is he pl- you know planning on setting off World War Three? Was he planning on doing? And it's it's so riveting, dialogue driven, highbrow, intelligent uh, filmmaking, and uh, it's it's an excellent film. So that I is, actually wouldn't mind watching that. Well, that says yeah. a lot coming from you. Take her, take her uh, lead there. I recommend it. Hunt for Red October from 1990, available on Netflix. So, Shannon, were, were there any movies that just fell off the list that, that were favorites of, of your family's? I've been excited about this list for some time, but unfortunately, you know, it was a bad brain day today. So I couldn't think of absolutely everything, but, uh, you know, anything by Steven Spielberg for my brother and I. Uh, we were big fans of Jurassic Park. I'm surprised Jurassic Park didn't make the list, actually. Well, and then there was Back to the Future, mm-hmm. and, you know, what I boiled it down to was quotes, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And, uh... You got some good ones in there uh, by doing that, for sure, that I know your family loves. Yeah, and I mean, like, this. You know, beyond like favorites, there's like what started happening was I started thinking of movies that had significant memories attached to them, like Mm -hmm. the time the cousins brought over Kill Bill. And we were like, I don't really want to watch that. And then it was freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were exposed to Quentin Tarantino for the first time. Mm. You know, things like that. It's just difficult to think of everything. And I meant to chat with the family before doing this, but it's been busy. Yeah. For me, there's what about just you? yeah, just a handful uh, that just fell off the list. I was actually starting to get worried I didn't have enough, and I found out oh, I, I actually have a few more than I needed. Uh, Sister Act, available on Disney Plus, was one I know my oh. mom especially loved. Jewel of the Nile, I, I think, I think that Romancing the Stone was well liked in the family, but I remember Jewel of the Nile being more popular in the family, the sequel to that film. Quigley Down Under, the Western with Tom Selleck and Alan Rickman. Almost got to talk about that here. Necessary Roughness, which is a very silly 1991 football movie with a huge cast. And the Blues Brothers as well, I thought for sure was going to make the list. It barely was off the list. So those were favorites of my family, that were definitely in consideration here. I struggled with musicals and animated movies, remembering exactly what were movies that, you know, we watched a lot or were favored, and I, I couldn't quite remember that well. So those are the movies I could remember. But what are your some of your family's favorites when you were growing up? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some of those things. Uh, in the meantime, Shanna, this is going to do it for our episode of The Movie Lovers. Why don't you share where people can find you online before we talk about the next episodes? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography and on Flickchart, Spellbinding A. Excellent. Go to thegibsonreview.com to find feature articles on there, past reviews, 
and episodes of The Movie Lovers, go follow on social media, The Gibson Review at Facebook.com or The Gibson 99 on Instagram. I do bracket polls there. At the time that you are listening, you might be seeing a poll for 1999 movies. If you're not seeing it by now, you'll see it soon. Feel free to participate in that. And I'm also on Flickchart too, the Gibson 99. Mm -hmm. So the next uh, few episodes, we're about to start another three-episode cycle. We'll do next on... 1122 Tuesday November 22nd we'll do an episode we can review I have a lot of things that I've been watching that I'll talk about and we'll have, probably have a handful of other things that we'll be talking about TV shows and movies in that episode then we will do a review of she said right mm-hmm. yes we'll do a review of the film she said that'll come out Tuesday November 29th and then the following week, in relation to She Said, we will be doing film faves journalist movies. So hopefully that goes pretty well, I'm hoping. But we've been wanting to do movies about journalism, about journalists, about the, the whole field of journalism. There's some solid movies out there that we absolutely love. And hopefully we'll be able to come up with at least 12 films to talk about for that. So... Those are the next three episodes of The Movie Lovers. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye.